0: We're so glad you've joined us right now. It's Barry and Shauna replay from 89.3 Moody radio.
1: I don't know about you, but I had Monday off. And so all week I feel like, okay, what day is it? Because Tuesday felt like Monday. Wednesday felt like Tuesday so forth. Anyway, we're on Thursday. We're almost at the weekend. How cool is that? And even cooler, we have David Dorner in studio with us today, and he's been on the show just don't even know how many times at this point, but we love his company. We love his wisdom, and he is transitioning in as lead pastor at Frontline Community Church in Grand Rapids. And David, as we step into, first of all, thanks for being here this morning. Of
0: course. It's good to be here.
1: Yeah. Do you have good holidays?
0: Yeah. Great Christmas, great New Year's, all of it.
1: The boys are... Judas 1
0: Judas 4 Judas 4 And Jordan's and 1
1: Jordan is 1 That yeah. is a fun Christmas time
0: Yeah Were they, was
1: Jordan all about the wrapping paper or was he? Yeah, all about about eating it,
0: all about about eating the wrapping paper. We didn't even have to feed him. So it was perfect. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. Christmas with kids that age is absolutely the best. There's just something magical and special about it.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Judah, we gave Judah a bunk bed this year, or I shouldn't say we, Santa gave Judah a bunk bed this year. So we, we had fun. That was probably my number one highlight of just, you know, put him to bed that night and then. We went into his room and built that bunk bed. And, wow. Yeah. While he so was he, sleeping? Oh, yeah. So I'm he woke impressed. up and walked in and just, oh, eyes yeah. wide open. And so he's been the best sleeper. He stayed in his bed every night since. That was oh. the best gift that we could have given yeah, ourselves. You gave so,
1: yourself some sleep
0: you got for it. Christmas. You got it. I don't know
1: how you did it, but well done.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: So we're stepping into this brand new year, all new things. And along with the new year, we have... A lot of times we have New Year's resolutions or ideas of how we want things to be different in 2023 than how they were back in 2022. And there's, we could probably do an entire show just on that subject of, you know, New Year's resolutions. Really? Yep. You know, how do we go about that? And how do we go about that in a God-honoring yep. way?
0: Yep. Well, it's January fifth, so I wonder how many people are still going hard on their New Year's <laughs> resolutions. Did you I make think, New
1: Year's resolutions?
0: Uh, you know what? I've made. I, I've learned this even in the past. Of like, when you focus on a goal or like doing something, you have a, a far less likelihood of actually completing it. When it comes to like a New Year's resolution versus focused on like, what do I want to become this mm, year? That's
1: so so, it's so like good.
0: More identity focused or yeah. like identity based versus. Uh, task oriented. Right. So yeah, who, I created some. Who am some, I becoming? Yes. Is
1: that the question? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's like instead of losing 10 pounds, it's I want to adopt a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I want to make better healthy choices. I want to incorporate exercise into a regular part of my life. Stuff yeah. like that. That's more, I want to be a healthy person rather than I want to lose 10 pounds and be healthy. You know, what, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a paradigm shift. Yeah. A little bit paradigm shift. So But it got me on this idea or this topic of just dreams. We're actually jumping into this as a series uh, at Frontline and then with the Zero Collective, which is just a group of churches that we're a part of here in West Michigan. But it's just, it's called Redeeming the Dream. And I think so many of us have dreams for our lives and dreams that like we want to see happen, dreams that we want to even kind of like I was just saying, whether it's accomplish something or become something or something different than we are. So the text that I had for even just this morning, it comes out of Genesis. It's one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. Uh, I remember even when I first started reading the Bible for myself, I mean, over a decade ago. It's like, okay, I'm gonna dive in. I was terrified of Genesis because it seemed like the longest book and just, oh, really? you know, all the lineages and yeah. all the guys' names that you can't pronounce. And right. I was like, yeah, I'm not reading that. But when I did read it, it blew my mind. I mean, it's like, this is one of my favorite books. So this is Genesis chapter 37. Uh, And it tracks through the life of a guy named Joseph. So 37 verse 5, it says this. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream that I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. It's like, at some point, dude, stop telling your dreams right. to your brothers. Dude.
1: Yeah, he didn't learn this very quickly, but he helping. was a teenage boy.
0: Exactly. 17. He yeah. was 17. I didn't make great decisions at 17, so apparently neither did Joseph. Right. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his father brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. What's so crazy about this whole story, this whole passage, you know, Joseph has these dreams and these dreams actually did come from God. Mm -hmm. And and it was a dream that God had even for Joseph's life. But where Joseph uh, got it wrong was he thought it was just all him. It was all about him. And, you know, it's a 17. You're like, check this out, guys. I'm going to be awesome. And you're going to submit to me. You're you're going to bow down to me. All all of that. So anyway, where I wanted to to sit with this, even just at the beginning, it's just God has a dream for all of our lives. Mm -hmm. God actually has an invitation for all of our lives. And I think there's something about January, something about the new year, something about even when you look back on a hard year or a difficult year or a challenging year in a variety of different ways. It's like you're more open to the dream that that you might have for your life, but even more so that God might have for your life. So yeah, that's what I wanted to tee off with this yeah. morning.
1: One of the things that has, um, one of the verses that has really captivated me, and I mean, this goes back to, it really hit me when I was in my 20s um, and I was really struggling. I don't know if you know my story, David, and I don't mean to just drop a bomb on you, but there was a point in time when I considered taking my own life mm-hmm. back in my early 20s. And one of the verses that God laid on my heart that became so important to my life from for like the last 30 years was all the days planned for me for you were written in my book before even one of them came to mm-hmm. be. God has plans for us and not just like the big grand, like someday, you know, two decades from now, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to, you know, whatever. I don't know. You know, I'm going to win a nation for Jesus. Yeah. God's got big plans, but he's got plans every single day. There's stuff today that God has in mind for us to do that he wrote down. In a book, there's a book somewhere that has stuff written down for me and you to accomplish today for God's honor and God's glory. Yeah. How cool is that? It's awesome. Like, Thank I want to be about that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to know what those things are. And I think that those daily accomplishments, the God-given stuff that we have to do gets accomplished as we just keep our mm-hmm. eyes on him mm-hmm. and go, all right, it's January 5 2023. Let's do this. What do you mm-hmm. have for me today?
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that just with yeah. me and just even on air and uh, something that I've learned even being a pastor now the last whatever handful of years. Uh, I know that the holidays actually can be really difficult for a lot of different people. Yeah. And uh, I, I just can't help but wonder just anybody listening to this right now, you know, maybe they they needed to <laughs> hear what you just shared too. of yeah. like maybe they're questioning their life. Maybe they're questioning their purpose. Maybe they're questioning, you know, is it worth, staying, family, career, job, life, I mean, it, what, whatever it is, but man, it, the biggest thing I, I hope everybody hears today is God actually has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a dream for your life. He, he wants to be a part of it and he's inviting you into something that is amazing. Even if the circumstances you find yourself in, even if they're horrible, God has a plan and a purpose and a dream for your life.
1: Today, we're talking about as we step into a brand new year, we're talking about New Year's resolutions, about dreams that we have, who we want to become as we step into the new year, and who we want to be in 2024. But we want to keep our eyes on what God has in mind for us. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and uh if we think about dreams or talk about dreams one of the biggest uh pieces that comes up in me or in my mind is actually mlk's i have a dream oh yeah you know and for those that oh it's just can you imagine just being there I've, i've been watching some of these videos of like some of his content As he's speaking this in Washington, D.C., and just the language he uses, right? Like, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up. It will live out of the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Mm. I mean, just when that starts hitting you, I, I think my favorite line that he builds up to is, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just, you want to talk about earth shattering, like let's shake the foundations. Let's move. Let's call people to this dream, to this reality. That's incredible and amazing. And honestly, God given. Yeah. I mean, as I've studied this too, a lot of his dream uh, actually is rooted in scripture. So Amos 5 would be one of those scriptures that it's rooted in. Isaiah 40 is another one. So just as we think about dreams and God-given dreams that we all have for our lives, uh, if we are open to receiving these dreams, like we talked about earlier, it's not even so much what what we could do with our lives, but just what we could become mm-hmm. or the legacy that we could leave behind, what we could leave behind in uh, whether it's our children or our employees or our families or our neighborhoods or our nations, what we could leave behind actually could shape and change the world. So yeah. I I love this. But what what one of the things that's so cool about MLK's is I Have a Dream speech. And uh, you may not know this if you're listening or driving in right now, but do you know, Shauna, that this actually was not part of his speech? I didn't know that. Like if you look at his notes mm-hmm. that he went out he doesn't have the, he went off
1: the cuff on this he one. He went off You're the cuff on this one. Me.
0: So what happened was, is there was a woman behind him.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that he was friends with. I can't remember her name. I can look it up. Uh, but she was behind him and he, he starts saying something. And And if you watch the video, you can see like he pauses and you can vaguely hear it. But she, she says or yells at him from the back. She goes, tell him the dream. Tell him the dream. Tell him the dream, Martin, tell him the dream. She's encouraged, like, yeah. tell him, Tell him because he had shared with her this dream that he had had, that this dream that God had given him. Yeah. And so you can see he actually goes off the cuff and says, I have a dream. I just want you to know, here's the dream that I have. Here's the dream that God gave me. And look at what happened. That is this incredible. God-given dream that has shaped our nation.
1: Yeah. And, you know, In arguably the, the most powerful speech. Yeah. One of the most powerful speeches one of, ever given. Yeah. <laughs> we got to give Jesus the sermon yep. on the mount. <laughs> That's yep. the best yep. speech ever given. Yep. But that is so powerful. Now, do you know um, if Martin, Luther, if he, if this was a literal dream like Joseph had while he was sleeping, or if this was a, I desire to see this. I have in me like it's 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 a part of who I am that this is meant to come into expression.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the know. answer. It would be interesting. But I, I think what's funny, too, is sometimes I think we all have, if we talk about dreams, we all have dreams or pictures of a reality that we can see, whether it came when we were sleeping and unconscious mm-hmm. or whether it came when we're awake. I mean, I, we even see throughout scripture, like God God does both. God gives both. and yeah, calls he us Whether we call him a vision or a dream or or whatever. It, it's just cool for me. I mean, even seeing Martin. I mean, he, he was a pastor. I think so often we forget that too. Mm -hmm. Like here's this guy, he's a preacher, you know, who's built his life on the word of God, but he calls uh, a people and a nation to actually a vision of the picture of the kingdom of God.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that's so beautiful about the body of, of God, right. That us, the church as members of the body of God is that I believe God puts pieces of his heart in every single one of us. And it's as we come together that we get a a more full understanding of the heart of God. But in those pieces that each of us have, there are areas of passion and compassion that intersect with a great need in the world. And as we lean into that, we pay attention to what matters to us, what really like when we start talking about it, we might even cry, you know, the things that we're really, really passionate about and we pay attention to what matters to God and we pay attention to where you know, God's will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven. And those intersect together, yeah. that there's an opportunity to express the heart of God on earth through me, through you, through yeah. us today. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to pay attention to the dreams that God has put on our hearts and to be willing to, to step into it, to be willing to go for what God has laid on our hearts. God, what do you want to do through us this morning? Would you speak to each heart right now and just let us know what you want us to be about? We'll obey. David, you had given me the name, I don't remember, it was, it was several months ago of Jessica Johns, a gal in your church that God gave a dream to uh, about this. It evolved over time. It wasn't an overnight thing. It wasn't like she had a dream in her sleep and saw something and you know made it happen, but God continued to call her into creating these storehouses, which is pretty sweet ministry. Here's in a nutshell, you can correct me if I don't have this all right, but the way I understand it is the ministry that she runs, um, Where there's excess, people deliver the excess to her that they don't know what to do with. And then she connects them with people of great need. Mm -hmm. So she has resources come her way and then she's able to distribute them to the right people and vice versa. She's able to find out what the needs are and then access resources. It's so cool.
0: Yep. Yeah. So the only thing I would add to that is it's not even just people, it's organizations, entities, businesses. So when Amazon, Costco, Sam's Club, Walmart, uh, Office Max, when they all have extra, they call her up or they call up the storehouse and they go, hey, we have truckloads of stuff that we want to send to you. And it actually started with World Vision. Uh, oh, so, like cool. the, the organization World Vision, so they would send us semis. So, part of our building, uh, it's actually the old Meyer headquarters building, which is where okay. we're at. So, we actually have some loading docks for semis. So, the storehouse is on a part of our building. They take in semis. And the last I heard, I think this was a year or two ago. They were taking in around 70 or 80 semis a year. I think oh that's goodness. actually higher now. And that's a lot uh, of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're turning down product now. I, they, they started tracking it for a couple of weeks just to know, like, how much are we actually turning down? And they turned down $100 million worth of product in about wow. two weeks. So just to give you an idea of the scale of this, yeah. they take in a uh, product like that. And then her heart, she was a teacher. And so uh, when she was in the school system, what she saw is a lot of classrooms that lacked uh, the essential items needed for yeah. kids, you know, notebooks or pencils yeah. or crayons or stuff. So she noticed that there was a lack in the classroom and a lot of teachers would buy it out of their own personal mm-hmm. income. So she started this organization honestly, just a dream from God going, I, I can help. I can connect those who have extra to those who have needs. Mm-hmm. And so her vision even right now is to connect with every under-resourced school in Michigan and help resource their needs through all of this extra that's coming in from everywhere else.
1: That is incredible. Isn't that awesome? It's cool stuff. Now, here's the, here's the thing that's exciting about this. Every single one of us have eyes to see what's going on in the world and where there's need and where, you know, where God's heart is and have the opportunity to create something. I don't know. It might be something huge, like what Jessica Johns is doing. It, it might be something not that huge. It might be something smaller, more local, more intimate, but we have the opportunity to be the hands and feet of God. If we're paying attention.
0: Yep. Right? Yeah. Well, what I would say, and, and you know this too, because you've had Jessica here, uh, Jessica's story started just like that. I just see a need. I see a yeah. classroom. I see a teacher. I see a student. I see a person that has a need. And then I can find a way to help meet that need. And it started there. I mean, very, yeah. very small, very intimate, very local. And it just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. So just as we look at this year, I mean, we're talking about dreams today and like God actually has a dream for your life. Uh, One of the important caveats that I would say to the dreams that God has for our lives is he invites us to be a part of his dream Mm -hmm. for our lives and for his kingdom. Just like you said, for his kingdom to come to earth, we actually get to play a role in that and to be a part of that. But it's not just for our benefit.
1: Right. It's, It's
0: often for the benefit of others.
1: And I know in my own life that when God is doing something and he brings something to my attention it's almost as if there's a door in front of me and and it's shut and it's locked. But the key to the door is my obedience. Like whatever it is that God has laid on your heart, you see the need. The next step for you is to be obedient to what he's asking you to do. And that opens up a whole new territory. You can walk through that door into brand new space and more than likely there will be another door in front of you and it will require your obedience to step through that. But God can do incredible things through all of us in 2023 as we listen for his heart and as we boldly step out in obedience. We're doing New Year's resolutions. you know it's it's the first week and a new year, and we're thinking about what's going to be different in the year to come from the year past. And we want to focus those thoughts on God's plans and God's purposes for our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have dreams for our lives. And I think, especially even on the new year, a lot of us, it's like, we kind of go back to those. Like, okay, what's my dream for this year? Yeah, You know, or what do I want to do this year? What do I want to become this year? What do I want to see actually happen this year? Especially if you've had a year of difficulty, hardship, loss, brokenness. I mean, it, it's like, I, I don't know about you. I don't even have a lot of that type of stuff, even for 2022, but I'm done. I'm Mm -hmm. done with 2022. It's just kind of been a a long, that's what it's felt like for me, or at least our family. It's just been a long Long year. year.
1: For us, um, my dad went to heaven on January 1st of Mm -hmm. 2022. So we just passed the one year anniversary. And so we've been through all the firsts. And I had just an incredible time with the Lord on Saturday morning, because Sunday was the one year anniversary. So on Saturday morning, spent like three hours just processing and just being ministered to by God and him speaking to me in powerful ways, lots of tears, you know, lots of grieving and that sort of thing. And it surprised me because on the anniversary of my dad's death on January 1st, first day of a brand new year, I felt released to, I don't know, to celebrate him in a new way. You know what I mean? Kind of like there's a portion of the grieving that is behind. And now I can, remember my dad and celebrate I don't know it just feels I'm ready too to be done with 22 yeah. and to have that year be behind us and to experience 2023 differently
0: yeah well the question we have too and it's like the question we have to wrestle with is what happens to your dream when hardship comes Hmm. You know, what happens to the dream that you had for your life when it no longer seems like it's possible? I mean, I, I think about like what, what happens when you have a dream of a big family and then you struggle with infertility mm-hmm. or what happens? Like if you're younger, what happens if you have a dream of playing in the big game and then you get hurt right before and right. you can't compete? What happens if you have this dream of like, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder, I'm going to start a business or whatever. And then you run out of money or you get laid off or whatever. It's like what happens to your dream when the wheels fall off. Yeah. And uh, the, the story that we're focused on even this morning comes out of Genesis 37, and it's Joseph. The One of my of favorite stories. Me too. I mean, I just absolutely love it. And Joseph, his nickname was like the dreamer, uh, even from his brothers, right? Yeah. The dreamer. But like it wasn't in a positive connotation. <laughs> really? It's like, oh, dreamer boy is coming. You know, yeah. daddy's favorite little tattletale. In like in the clouds. Exactly. Yeah. It's like we're all working. You're at home with mom and dad. You're just having these dreams about we're all going to bow down to you. We're all going to submit to you, whatever. Uh, so Joseph, Joseph actually had a dream. It was a literal dream mm-hmm. while he was sleeping that he would eventually be like ruling over the rest of his mm-hmm. family, which is wild because he was one of the youngest. Yeah, uh, or he was the youngest at the time until obviously his brother Benjamin. came later. Yeah. So Joseph had this dream, shared this dream. His brothers hated him for it, but this dream actually came from God. And what did they do with it? They wanted to kill him. They spared his life at the last minute, sold him into slavery. And what most people forget, uh, if you've heard this story before, is by the time Joseph was 30, he spent almost half of his adult life in bondage, slavery, Mm -hmm. or prison. Yeah, 13 years he just lived in chains when God gave him this dream. Right, and he
1: had to have moments where he was like, Lord, what about the dream? Like, you know what I mean? Like wrestling with that. Like, God, are is that, was I wrong? Was that not you? Is it still going to happen?
0: Well, even when you say it's like he, he had to have moments like, God, what about, I, I almost would flip it. I'd say he'd have to have moments like, good grief. Like, is this even possible hmm. at this point? I mean, it's like when, when you look at your reality, you go, I'm enslaved. Like, yeah, I had this dream about my brothers. I'll never see them again. Right. You know, my dad is gone. And I'll never
1: rule anything.
0: Exactly. It's like, how do you rule as a slave? Like, here I am. I'm a slave in a foreign country with people that don't care about me Mm. at all. I'm removed. I have no ability to communicate, contact. No power, no authority. Nothing. So it's almost like you just accept this reality. I wonder if he just questioned it. I I don't even think that dream was real, just like you were saying.
1: But even even in his the places that he was like even in prison, he was wrecking like the faith of the Lord was on him because he kept his eyes on God and he kept being promoted in the places that he was. And he was yeah. faithful in the places that he was. And all of that was training for something way bigger than he could have ever imagined. I mean, it was yeah. training for the dream.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Training, I would say character development. Yeah. It was, uh, humbling. I mean, it, there's right. there's all these things that happened in those 13 years of bondage that ultimately led to him with his brother showing up to Egypt. You know, the, the whole purpose of God's dream, if I fast forward, right, this whole story, that's just epic, right? Genesis 37 yeah. to 40, something. Uh, but if we fast forward to the ending, God gave Joseph that dream, but it wasn't to elevate Joseph and make Joseph feel special and powerful and important. God gave Joseph mm-hmm. that dream, because he was going to use Joseph to save the nation of yeah. Israel. Yeah to provide for them, to be to be a a, a representation and a foreshadowing of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dream that God gave Joseph, he was inviting Joseph to be a part of the dream that God had for his people and for the world, but we often have the opportunity to miss it when we think it's all about us.
1: Ooh, that's so good.
0: And we, we miss it too when we see, okay, a hardship came, a challenge came, a loss came, it seems like the dream that maybe God gave me or that God provided a picture for his kingdom, what his kingdom would look like. It seems like it's no longer possible. What I love about God, what I love about the Bible stories all throughout scripture, all these different characters that said yes to God, Mm -hmm. what God does is he redeems dreams that seem impossible. He's the great dream redeemer. Mm -hmm. And it's when Joseph continues to come back, continues to get on his knees, continues to say, Okay, God, this is your dream. I'll submit. I'll be faithful, I'll be obedient, I'll be honoring to those that you've put in authority above me. It's Joseph's constant humility throughout those years that actually leads to God redeeming the dream that he gave him at the beginning, which gives us hope today, no matter what the circumstances we're going through. The pain, the hardship, the loss, the challenge, the, the hurt, whatever it is that God is actually in the process of redeeming even our dreams if we will come back to him, submit to him, follow him, and trust him throughout that entire process.
1: I think one of the things that's hard to grab onto when it comes to just embracing God's dreams for us is that... He will use any part of our story and any part of our lives. And and sometimes our passion points come from the hard things mm-hmm. that we've been through.
0: Yeah, I think if we're honest, what we would love is for God to give us this amazing dream so that we could live an amazing life that is relatively hardship-free or right. challenge-free or... You know what I mean? It's like a job interview question. Like, what what's something negative you bring to the table? And you're like, I just work too hard. Yeah, yeah. I just I care just, too much.
1: I can't stop. Yep,
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like we we want lives. That's like what's what's been hard about your life? And I just don't have enough time for all the good things God's yeah. given me. You know, but what happens when like tragedy strikes? Yeah. Or, or what happens when we make a decision that actually sabotages ourselves mm. or, or the dreams that maybe we've had for our lives, decisions that we've made that that we carry then with us that come with shame, guilt, pain, that, that reap consequences in our lives. Like what, what about those, you know, does that disqualify me then from a dream that God gives me for my life?
1: I think that oftentimes we think it does, you know, that we've got some black mark on our canvas of our life, right. That just eliminates us from being able to be used by God in the way that holy people are, you know, you know, the people that we think are Super spiritual, and just I've never made those kind of mistakes. Yeah, well,
0: and the people we put on a pedestal, it's like we forget that yeah. we're all human. You know, I mean, pastors. I mean, I, I grew up with a dad being a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always had this thing of like, he's way more real than you all think he is. You know, <laughs> yeah. and now that I'm here, it's going, I'm trying to say I'm way more real. I yeah. struggle way more than you think I do. And it's like I'm going through the exact same stuff that anybody else is, right. whether they're watching online, whether they're in our churches or services, whatever. It's like we're, we all struggle we all bring sin we all bring guilt we all bring shame we all bring y- y- these negative black marks mm-hmm. that that honestly should disqualify us from being used in the kingdom of God but God is is a very different kind of it, it, like he he's the the dream redeemer like yes. if we call him that it's like no matter what we've done no matter how far we've gone no matter what we bring to the table that should disqualify us God goes yeah yeah but My son, Jesus, actually changes the entire equation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I know you have a story of somebody who God is using right now in a powerful way, Mm -hmm. and it came out of something really difficult and really hard.
0: Well, there's a woman at our church. uh, She came up to my office two years ago and uh, like, hey, I want to meet with you. And I went, okay. And so she came in and she goes, I want to start a ministry for uh, particularly younger moms, single moms, and moms Mm -hmm. that have had abortions. I said, great. And she's like, "Is that it? Like you're not going to fight me for it?" I was like, "No, I agree. I think we should do that." Yeah. And and as we dug more, it's like, "Why? Why is this move you so much?" You know, the story came out. Was well, I had an abortion when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. You know, and this woman is, I I never want to guess what a woman's age is (laughs) ever. I've learned I'm married, Shauna. Okay, so I don't ever want to guess. Um, but I mean she she has adult children. Yeah, right. This
1: was a while ago in her life.
0: Decades ago. Yeah. And so she just starts sharing this. I mean, and you can see the emotion that she still carries and the guilt that she carries uh from this. She grew up in the church and it it was this very hush-hush, like secretive. Um, like we, we don't want to tell anybody we, we keep this secret buried. And so what she had carried for a long time in her life is this has disqualified me now from Mm -hmm. ever, from ever doing anything significant in this realm of walking with somebody else that's either had an abortion or contemplated or, or whatever. And so just as we, we talked and prayed together, felt like God was opening a door for us to start something at Frontline. Uh, and so we did, we started this ministry. We, I should say, she, she started this ministry uh, and it was just built on prayer and built on like I have a story and, and it's this piece that I'm so ashamed of, but that God is actually redeeming and yeah. has redeemed even in her own life. But this ministry, we we partnered with another. It's like a national kind of curriculum-based format for this group that's really targeted at this specific demographic of people here in our community, Mm -hmm. in Grand Rapids. And we are the largest group, I think in Michigan, uh, of like single moms, moms that have contemplated abortion, had an abortion, et cetera, that are actually getting connected to the local church, uh, building relationships with one another, but then also building an entire foundation of their lives on Jesus Mm -hmm. and on scripture, and so what happened was she ended up moving. Uh, she moved in the last, I think it was six months or eight months or something like that. She moved away. Uh, but this ministry continues to grow. That's I mean, awesome. so I think we're seeing, if I didn't say it already, I think it's like 25 moms every single week that are coming wow. right now. Their kids are a part of it. Um, we we actually have like a discipleship program even for their kids for this three hour program that their moms are a part of. Yeah, um, We're able to do that for their kids as well. And, yeah, I mean, that's it's just awesome. you want to talk about dividends just continuing to pay, but God, God just has this unique ability to take something that's broken, devastating, hurtful, shameful, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and actually turn it for His glory to turn it into a testimony yeah. of His goodness of, of His grace, and to also make an impact on the lives of others who have a very similar story.
1: Tell us about the dedication
0: service. Yeah, so dedication matters a lot to us at our church, and uh, because of uh, just a lot of the circumstances that these moms. Uh, are in right now. Not all of them can make it on a Sunday. And so really their church takes place on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And so our children's pastor just has a huge heart for them, for their kids, et cetera. And so we, we kind of fell into this, but it was like, hey, what if we offer just like a special child dedication service Uh, actually at this group on Mm. Wednesday nights. And so we did it. We brought worship in and we had a little message and and we talked about what does child dedication mean? Why is this important? Why does this matter for you even as parents? Like, what's it mean to dedicate your child to the Lord? Mm. You know, to commit to raising them as a part of the church, as a part of the Christian community, to teach them about Jesus, to partner in their discipleship, not to outsource it, but to be a part of it. And in one night we dedicated 16 children uh, awesome. And the parents were a part of it. We got to pray over all of them. Some of the dads were there to be a part of it. I mean, it was just, it was a really special moment. And I couldn't help but think, man, that meeting that we had, what, two years ago, hmm. I was like, I just have this dream. Yes. I have this vision from God that he's calling me to step into. But I, oh, I'm nervous. I'm scared. Yeah. And look at what it's already become just yeah. in a short amount of time.
1: So as we look into the new year and what God might do through our lives in 2023, you know, maybe it's a place in your life that was really, really hard, a loss that you experienced or a decision that you made that kind of changed the trajectory of your life. God can use that. God can use you for his honor and his glory and to point others to him as well. Talking about God given dreams as we step into a brand new year. And, you know, you probably already know something that's on your heart that God's doing, but there are obstacles. If you Okay, this is how my brain works, David. Can I just get real with you? Yep. So I immediately, upon like getting direction about something that I'm supposed to do, I start thinking, but how? And it's an obstacle for me to, to saying yes. I mean, an example of that is when I was working on staff at my church, I had just been asked to step into leading discipleship. Prior to that, I had been doing um, connecting our church with the communities around us. But I had been asked to take over discipleship, and I was like, "Yes, that's my jam!" Like I was super excited about it. When I heard from a friend that my name was submitted for the position here uh, for morning show host at Moody Radio, and I was—I literally like threw my head back and laughed at the idea of it. I'm like, "I am not qualified. I don't have a college degree." no experience in broadcasting whatsoever. And I just felt so completely unqualified. The how had me going, there's no way, there's just no way. But what I felt, I prayed about it. Even though I felt like there was no way I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, what is going on here? Because it kept coming back to me. And I felt like God was saying, I want you to talk to Jack, the station manager. And I was like, oh, Well, I can do that. Like I can talk to Jack. I mean, I know I'm not the person. I know I'm not qualified. I know I won't get the job. But maybe I know the woman who's supposed to be doing it. And maybe somehow I'm a part of the conversation. Yeah, I'm going to be obedient to your, you know, I can say yes to talking to Jack. That's not a problem.
0: Yeah. I think uh, we have a statement at Frontline and it's also in the Zero Collective. Brian, who's our senior pastor, he said this and it's actually become such a cultural value to us. But it's the statement, yes before how. That we will will have a bent towards or we will have a, uh, I don't know, like the prerogative of like we will always... Try to say yes. And when it comes from God, we're gonna say yes before we say how. Hmm. It doesn't mean at the expense of how, it doesn't mean instead of how. I mean, right. the how people save the yes people. Am I right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's yeah. Like they, There's
1: gotta be a way. I
0: feel it after marriage. It's like yes to that. And then Shannon goes, How in the world are we gonna do that? And it's <laughs> like, you know, I actually didn't think about that, but you're right. They, they're, they're, they go yeah. in tandem, but I think what happens oftentimes in our lives, especially when it comes to God, or if, if God's given us a dream, as we've talked about this morning, or a vision, or something exciting that we're stepping into, our first question is how? How is that mm-hmm. going to happen? Right? How how could I be the one that actually does that? How right. could I step in? I don't have this. I don't. We, without even realizing, we can how something to death mm-hmm. before it ever even got a chance to get off yeah. the runway. Right. And so I I love what you did. I mean, when you talked about your story of like you just prayed first. And you felt like God said, okay, I just want you to step into this. Just, just talk to Jack, talk to the station manager, yep. just have a conversation. It, it sounds like still in the back of your mind, you're still going, okay, but then how, like, am I going to connect the person to Jack right, that need to, right, right, right. it's like, we're always trying to figure out the how and what's God's master right, plan. What's the
1: outcome? I guess that's the exactly. thing is we, we want to get to the outcome part instead of understanding that outcomes are God's job and obedience is mine.
0: Yep. And outcomes are derived from the question how. Mm. Obedience is derived from the answer of yes. Yeah. And so I think what we need to do so often, like you're going into work today, right? You're about to walk in, you're about to have your day. Maybe there's something on your heart for your workplace. Maybe there's something on your heart for your marriage, a conversation you need to have. Maybe there's something that you need to do with your family. Maybe there's something, something this year that you're looking at and you feel like God is calling you to step into. Maybe it's not this gigantic, like you need to start a nonprofit organization that addresses world hunger and you're going to change, you will how that sucker to death. Hmm. What if it's just, you need to step in. There's a somebody hungry in your life that you just need to ha- You need to invite them to lunch and cover it today. Yeah. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed with the hows of the big dream that we miss the obedience and the yes and the small thing that God puts right in front of us.
1: That is so good. That is so good. The big dream is overwhelming. So here's the challenge for today. I'm going to challenge you. Is that all right? Here it comes, my friend. Here's the challenge for today. What does God want you to do today? How does he want you to obey him today? Say yes, and then let him show you the how.
0: Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.